0: his sarcastic quality and becoming a very junior partner i was just engaged with mr he paused to glance at his desk whose singular letter we received this morning about an alleged option on the lease of the chapel site at piccadilly circus the waldo estate sir you remember sir this the man inquired mr slosson ex-president of the law society with a jerk of the thumb edward henry said this is the man well said mr slosson lifting his chin and still puffing it would be extremely interesting to hear his story at any rate i was just telling mr bristle about it come this way sir i've heard some strange things in my time but he stopped please follow me sir he ordained i'm dashed if i'll follow you edward henry desired to say but he had not the courage to say it and because he was angry with himself he determined to make matters as unpleasant as possible for the innocent mr who was used to bullying and so well paid for bullying that really no blame could be apportioned to him it would have been as reasonable to censure an ordinary person for breathing as to censure mr slosson for bullying and so edward henry was steeling himself i'll do him in the eye for that even if it costs me every cent i've got a statement characterised by poetical licence Three. Mr. Slosson, senior, heard Edward Henry's story, but seemingly did not find it quite as interesting as he had prophesied it would be. When Edward Henry had finished, the old man drummed on an enormous table, and said, "'Yes, yes, and then?' His manner was far less bullying than in the room of Mr. Volto. "'It's your turn now, Mr. Slosson,' said Edward Henry. "'My turn? How?' "'To go on with the story.' He glanced at the clock i've brought it up to date eleven fifteen o'clock this morning anno domini and as mr slosson continued to drum on the table and to look out of the window edward henry also drummed on the table and looked out of the window the chamber of the senior partner was a very different matter from mr Voltos'. it was immense it was not disfigured by japanned boxes in artistically lettered in white as are most lawyers offices indeed in aspect it resembled one of the cosier rooms in a small and decaying but still comfortable club it had easy chairs and cigar boxes moreover the sun got into it and there was a view of the comic yet stately victorian gothic of the law courts the sun enheartened edward henry and he felt secure in an impunable suit of clothes in the shape of his collar the colour of his necktie the style of his creaseless boots and in the protuberance of his pocket-book in his pocket. As Mr. Slosson had failed to notice the competition of his drumming, he drummed still louder, whereupon Mr. Slosson stopped drumming. Edward Henry gazed amiably around, right at the back of the room, before a back window that gave on the whitewashed wall. A man was rapidly putting his signature to a number of papers, but Mr. Slosson had ignored the existence of this man, treating him apparently as a figment of the disordered brain or as an optical illusion i've nothing to say said mr slosson Or to do What to do well mr slosson said edward henry your junior partner has already outlined your policy of masterly inactivity so i may as well go i did say i'd go to my solicitors but it's occurred to me that as i'm a principal i may as well first of all see the principals on the other side i only came here because it mentions in the option that the matter is to be completed here that's all you a principal exclaimed mr slosson it seems to me you're a long way removed from a principal the alleged option is given to a miss rose euclid excuse me the miss rose euclid miss rose euclid she divides up her alleged interest into fractions and sells them here and there and you buy them up one after another "'Mr. Slosson laughed, not unamiably. "'You're a principal about five times removed.' "'Well,' said Edward Henry, "'whatever I am, I have a sort of idea "'I'll go and see this Mr. Gristle, or Rissell. "'Can you?' "'The man at the distant desk turned his head. "'Mr. Slosson coughed. "'The man rose. "'This is Mr. Rissell,' said Mr. Slosson, "'with a gesture from which confusion was not absent. "'Good morning!' said the advancing mr rollo Rissell, and he said it with an accent more kensingtonian than any accent that edward henry had ever heard his lounging and yet elegant walk assorted well with the accent his black clothes were loose and untidy such boots as his could not have been worn by edward henry even in the Five towns without blushing shame and his necktie looked as if a baby or a puppy had been playing with it nevertheless these shortcomings made absolutely no difference whatever to the impressiveness of mr rollo wrissell who was famous for having said once i put on whatever comes to hand first and people don't seem to mind mr Rolo wrissell belonged to one of the seven great families which once governed and by the way still do govern england scotland and ireland the members of these families may be divided into two species those who rule and those who are too lofty in spirit even to rule those who exist mr rollo Rissle belonged to the latter species his nose and mouth had the exquisite refinement of the descendant of generations of art collectors and poet patronisers he enjoyed life but not with rude activity like the grosser members of the ruling caste rather with a certain rare languor he sniffed and savoured the whole spherical surface of the apple of life with those delicate nostrils rather than bit into it his one conviction was that in a properly managed world nothing ought to occur to disturb or agitate the perfect tranquillity of his existing and this conviction was so profound so visible even in his lightest gesture and glance that it exerted a mystic influence over the entire social organism with the result that practically nothing ever did occur to disturb or agitate the perfect tranquillity of mr rollo wrissell's existing for mr rollo wrissell the world was indeed almost ideal edward henry breathed to himself this is the genuine article and being an englishman he was far more impressed by mr wrissell by the much vaster reputations of rose euclid seven sachs mr slosson senior at the same time he inwardly fought against mr wrissell's silent and unconscious dominion over him and all the defiant midland belief that one body is as good as anybody else surged up in him but stopped at his lips please don't rise mr wrissell entreated waving both hands i am very sorry to hear of this unhappy complication he went on to edward henry with the most adorable and winning politeness it pains me his martyred expression said and really i ought not to be pained i am quite convinced that you are here in absolute good faith the most absolute good faith mr machin suggested mr slosson ah pardon me mr machin and naturally in the management of enormous estates such as lord woldo's little difficulties are apt to occur i am sorry you have been put in a false position you have all my sympathies but of course you understand that in this particular case i myself have taken up the lease from the estate i happen to be interested in a great movement the plans of my church have been passed by the county council building operations have indeed begun oh chuck it said edward henry inexcusably but such were his words a surfeit of mr wrissell's calm egotism and accent and fatigued harmonious gestures drove him to commit this outrage upon the very fabric of civilization, mr wrissell if he had ever met with the phrase which is doubtful had certainly never heard it addressed to himself conceivably he might have once come across it in turning over the pages of a slang dictionary a tragic expression traversed his bewildered features and then he recovered himself somewhat I go and bury yourself said edward henry with increased savagery mr wrissell having comprehended went he really did go he could not tolerate scenes and his glance showed that any forcible derangement of his habit of existing smoothly would nakedly disclose the unyielding adamantine selfishness that was the basis of the wrissell philosophy his glance was at least harsh and bitter he went in silence, and rapidly Mr. Slosson, Sr. followed him at a great pace. Edward Henry was angry, strange though it may seem. The chief cause of his anger was the fact that his own manners and breeding were lower, coarser, clumsier, more brutal than Mr. Rissell's. After what appeared to be a considerable absence, Mr. Slosson, Sr. returned into the room. Edward Henry,